Greetings, dear people of St. John's. I am so pleased to be with you today and for this period of time. We gather this morning on Latari Sunday, the fourth Sunday in Lent, as we rejoice and express hope and joy in the midst of Lent, Latari being Latin for the word rejoice. It is a glimpse of what lies ahead. The stories of our lives, where we came from, where we have been, the challenges that we have overcome, the joys that we have celebrated, why we are the way we are, are all foundational stories of our lives, individually and collectively as people. All of us have them. And over the course of time, it is my prayer that I hear yours. This morning, we heard a chapter of our story of faith that is root deep. It's God's calling of David to be a leader for the people of Israel. David, who would become one of the greatest kings, the youngest of Jesse's boys, the shepherd boy keeping safe his father's sheep. The prophet Samuel was sent to make the announcement. Samuel knew that he was going into the world that was dark and dangerous. He feared that Saul would kill him if Saul knew what God had asked. God guided Samuel, providing a light and a way forward in the midst of the darkness. Of all the qualities God could want in a king, we are told that it was David's heart that made him worthy to lead. The heart of a leader is what matters, we are told, for the Lord does not see as mortals see. Mortals look at the outward appearances but the Lord looks at the heart. This foundational story fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Jesse, the faith of David, Israel's greatest king, and Jesus, a descendant from this genealogical line. With the heart of a leader, Paul encourages us to live like children of light. Light that is found in all that is good and right and true. Paul explains, we are not to take part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose what is not life-giving. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Dear friends, since we have barely met, let me be blunt, state the obvious. The imagery of light and darkness 
has tragically been used against people worldwide in the past and still today. There is no excuse for such words and actions. The glorious array of skin tones that exist in this world are only to be celebrated. Let us give thanks to God for the beauty of diversity and celebrate our lives together. Paul defines darkness as what is not life-giving. One can also be blind, not physically blind as we hear in our gospel story today, but blind to what we cannot see. Dare we ask, are we blind to the needs of the people in this community, our neighborhood, or the world? Do we contribute to darkness that exists all around us? Is there darkness in our lives? How can we shine the light of Christ through our own lives and offer hope? Martin Luther King Jr. is often quoted saying, returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Dr. King wrote these beautiful, insightful words and shared his teaching while giving prayerful thought to Jesus' command to love our enemies. As he prepared for a Christmas service in 1957 at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, Dr. King meditated on the words of Jesus as white neighbors were throwing firebombs at his home and at his family. Amidst discrimination and violence, and as death threats were being made, in Dr. King's sermon, he preached, let us move now from the practical how to the theoretical why. Why should we love our neighbors? Why should we love our enemies? The first reason is fairly obvious. Returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of the stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Hate multiplies hate. Violence multiplies violence. And toughness multiplies toughness. And a descending spiral of destruction. So when Jesus says, love your enemies... He is setting forth a profound and ultimately inescapable admonition. Have we not come to such an impasse in the modern world that we must love our enemies or else? The chain reaction of evil, 
hate begetting hate, wars producing more wars must be broken, or we shall be plunged into the dark abyss of annihilation. On Tuesday next week, March 21st, the United Nations will celebrate the 75th anniversary of the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. When this declaration was written, it was the first time the international community agreed on a set of common values and acknowledged the rights are inherent to every single human being and not granted by the state. March 21st, 1960. It's significant because it was the day that 69 people were killed in Sharpeville, South Africa, at a peaceful demonstration against apartheid pass laws. Pass laws existed to control where non-whites could live and work and travel inside their own country. The death of these protesters are remembered annually so that we learn and do not forget the lives given for freedom. The Universal Declaration on Human Rights states everyone is entitled to all rights and freedoms without distinction of any kind, such as race and color. However, racism and racial discrimination continues to affect people all over the world. More recently, the General Assembly emphasized that any doctrine, any doctrine of racial superiority is scientifically false, morally condemnable, socially unjust, dangerous, and must be rejected, together with theories that attempt to determine the existence of separate human races. We are encouraged to learn, to speak up, to act, raising awareness and gaining support for global action on racism, discrimination, xenophobia, and other intolerances, specifically to say no to hate and create the change that all of us yearn to experience in our lives and in the world. I understand this cathedral is committed deeply to standing on the right side of justice. I wish to stand with you. Together, it is my hope that we can discern together where God is leading us, calling us to learn, speak up, and act. Perhaps we can shine the light of Christ in the darkness in us and all around, knowing that it is Christ who can give us peace and fill our hearts 
with love, bearing the light of Christ. How are we being called to serve Christ here in this cathedral, in our neighborhoods, and in the city? Are there ways that we can celebrate the diversity that exists among us? How are we called to proclaim God's love? What work is there still to do together? I look forward to discerning these questions with you in the days and weeks and months to come. In closing, I wish to share a prayer written by the Reverend Anna Anna Rossi, titled, A Prayer for a New Beginning. Reverend Rossi is an Episcopal priest, liturgist, and interfaith advocate at Grace Cathedral, San Francisco. In the beginning, you beam light that shines in the darkest hour, light that no darkness could overcome. Pierce the soul of this nation with your light and enlighten everyone with your divine wisdom. Pierce the soul of this nation with your light and blind the demons of violence and hate. Pierce the soul of this nation with your light that our chests draw in hope and our hands grasp with strength, and our innards gird with all of their might, and our hearts pump the lifeblood of an unlikely, luminous, new beginning being born. Amen.